Come now, Holy Spirit, we pray, overrule and overwhelm. Come as we turn to your word, O God. Overrule and overwhelm my mouth and my words, our ears and our hearing, so that what is said and heard is of and from and by you. Come and exalt Jesus in this act of worship. Glorify him amongst us and change our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Smile, it's Christmas. <laughs> Morning. I said, smile, it's Christmas, and some of you got grumpier. <laughs> I don't want to sound like one of those reactionary, cranky guys. You know, the kind that I mean, the ones who always seem to be harping about how bad the world is and how great the world was back then, long time ago, in Mayberry. <laughs> but I fear that, well, one, Mayberry never really existed, and two, culturally, we are missing the point of Christmas. Sometime after Labor Day and definitely before Thanksgiving, we begin to gear up for Christmas. We give Thanksgiving a passing nod and allowing a half day for the turkey and table and football, but that fat man with questionable fashion sense encroaches more and more every passing year. The turkey and the pumpkin pie are barely digested before Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday are upon us along with trees and gifts and ugly Christmas sweaters and, and new blockbuster movie releases and so-called classics find themselves on continuous repeat. All part of our culture's missing the point of Christmas. And let's be honest, it is just so easy to get wrapped up in the cultural liturgies of our secular world surrounding Christmas that we too can miss the point. But then there are the lights. As obnoxious as they may be, as Griswold-esque some of our yards become, the lights of Christmas can help us to center. They can help us find, remember, and embrace the point of Christmas. The lights of Christmas shine in the darkness, and they point us toward the light of Christmas the incarnate Word of God who brings life to those who believe. And this is the point of Christmas. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The point of Christmas is found here in the truth that the light has come. And so we don't have to live in darkness anymore. The light has come, and not in some sort of Star Wars theology of an abstract, amorphous thing that we can harness for our own personal use. No, the light has come in a person, one who was seen, one who was touched, one who was heard, whose glory was beheld, Jesus of Nazareth. St. John begins his gospel account of Jesus' life in a very different place than Matthew and Luke. While Matthew and Luke begin with genealogies and angelic announcements and birth narratives, St. John goes back to the very beginning, before the very beginning, in fact, as St. John goes back to the eternal Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. 
And it is no secret about whom John is writing. He's going to come clean at the point of verse 14 and again in verse 18 of the prologue. But it's absolutely essential for us to grasp just who it is that he's writing about. Who it was that was born on that first Christmas Eve. The one born that night was nonetheless, nonetheless, than the eternal and divine word of God. But what does that mean? Well, whatever else we may say or may not say, whatever else we may understand or not understand about the word of God, we must understand this. The word is a distinct being, a person, as John uses the language of distinction in these verses and specifically uses the pronoun he. And among those things we must understand is that this distinct person, he, the word, shares God's eternity and shares God's divinity. And so the birth of Christ is grounded in that foundation. The birth of the child is the medium through which the eternal and divine word of God came into creation. His creation. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. This eternal and divine word, as John records it, was the agent of creation. And so nothing exists apart from him and his creative act. And more to the point, I think, is this. The word is the possessor of life, and he has the authority to give it. Life was and life is his to give. And so humanity needs that which belongs to the word, whether we know it or not. Poet Lucille Clifton once wrote a poem in which she portrayed herself trying to ignore the truth by keeping her eyes closed. In the conclusion of the poem, a voice addresses her. You might as well answer the door, my child. The truth is furiously knocking. The truth that is knocking today The point of Christmas is that the word, the creator, the light has come, and we need the light to truly live. We need the light to truly live because, quite frankly, folks, we are in darkness. St. John is careful to point out that the true light comes into the darkness and comes into the world, two locales, two contexts that desperately need the light. In St. John's Gospel and and in Scripture, the dark or darkness is symbolic of both evil and ignorance. It's used to refer to the moral ruination of humanity. We humans are sinners born in and born to sin, and so we are dark. Much like the Grinch, we humans have hearts that are two sizes too small and love the wrong things. Just like the Grinch, our souls are appalling dump heaps overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of rubbish imaginable, mangled up and tangled up knots. Some of you sang along on Wednesday night, and today it's just silence. This moral brokenness, this internal darkness is compounded by our ignorance and our tendency toward self-deception. We do not have the adequate knowledge to fix our problems and save ourselves from those problems, even while we are convinced that we are and that we can. Historically, the experiment of the Enlightenment and the cultural mood of modernism depended upon the thought that humanity could solve its problems through the proper application of knowledge. And where has that gotten us? 
The enlightenment and the cultural mood of modernism depended upon the thought that humanity would naturally progress through knowledge and technique to a greater being, to a higher self. And this experiment was gravely wounded in the trenches of World War I, and it was put to death with millions in the concentration camps of World War II. The world is the context, the home of darkness. The world was made by God, it was created through the word, and it is loved by God. And yet the world does not know God and is estranged from him. The world is full of darkness, it is full of injustice and violence, oppression and broken families, full of hopeless grief, and the world is helpless to fix itself in its sin. Full of self-deception that the application of the proper techniques, knowledge, and skills can solve it all. The world is both openly rebellious toward and ignorant of its creator. And yet, the God of creation extends himself toward that which he has made. In the beginning of creation, God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. And at the perfect time when the appointed hour had arrived, God said to the word, the light of the world, go. And the true light entered into the darkness to reclaim that which is his. And here's why the lights of Christmas help us to see the point. Here's why my own opinion of Christmas lights is changing. Because light breaks in upon the darkness from the outside. And it reflects, as Tim Keller puts it, The world's hope comes from outside it. Things really are this bad. Things really are this dark. Nevertheless, there is hope. Hope because the light of the world has come. St. John puts it this way, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John here is speaking of the incarnation. He's speaking of that which C.S. Lewis has referred to as the grand miracle. The moment in which the creator, the word of God, entered into his creation to bring light and life. The light of the world, the world, the word eternal, stepped into the morally ruined and darkened world to save it. And this is a wonder of grace, an act of self-giving love. Fully God and fully man, the incarnate word changes everything. He becomes the hinge of history as he descends and condescends to enter into that which he has made for the illumination of many, for the defeat of darkness, for the making of sons and daughters of God. Jesus Christ is the light of Christmas, the incarnate word of God who brings life to those who believe. And one would think that when something of such magnificent importance, that such a glorious moment, one would think that it would be so incredibly well received and celebrated. But in the irony of ironies, St. John writes, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Estranged from the creator, the creation cannot recognize him when he comes, and so some, many perhaps, resist the light of the world, actually preferring darkness. Captured by the Youngbloods in their song from 1969, Darkness, Darkness, in which Jesse Colin Young sings, 
Darkness, darkness, be my blanket. Cover me with the endless night. Take away the pain of knowing. Fill the emptiness of right now. The emptiness of right now. Fill the emptiness of right now. In a sort of open source website called The Experience Project, people were asked to respond to the statement, I prefer darkness over light. And a 31 to 35-year-old female going by the name of Lover21 wrote, Darkness is beauty. In its unknown, silent depths, it sees with these bittersweet truths, ripe for the knowing and yet so untouchable, like a fair and lusty maiden kept away in a high tower. I find it alluring, mysterious, unpredictable. Jesus, in the midst of his conversation with Nicodemus, in the middle of the dark, by the way, said, the light has come into the world and people love their darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. The painful reality of dark and light is this. When the light shines in our lives, he and we see things that we don't really want to see. We see things that we know are there, but things we don't want to think about or deal with. It's like that old joke, I'm not afraid of the dark, I'm afraid of what's in the dark. But as Greek philosopher Plato pointed out, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. Don't fear the light of the world because while it may be painful for our darkness of our deeds to be exposed, only in the light is there healing and life. Only in the light is there the place of purification, the place of life giving. And John says this in chapter 1 of his gospel, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Language of adoption, more deeply, language of new creation. The light came into the world. The word of God took upon himself flesh, became incarnate, so that humanity living in darkness, humanity full of darkness, could have light, could have life. And not just any life, but life of a new quality and quantity as God's children. St. Athanasius was one of the principal voices in the forming of the Nicene Creed. He summarized the mission of Jesus in this way. He became what we are that he might make us what he is. The light has come to remake dark humanity, to recreate all who believe in him and receive his offer of life in his image as a child of God. Why would you refuse that offer? Why would you say no to that gift? This is the point of Christmas. This is what it's all about. Jesus Christ is the light of Christmas, the incarnate word of God who brings life to those who believe. The light came to save. From the outside, the word became flesh. The word came to live, to take up residence and stay, to give life to all who would believe. In February of 1954, a Navy pilot set out on a training mission, a night flight off the coast of Japan. Taking off in stormy weather, 
Shortly after he left the carrier, the aircraft's directional finder malfunctioned and the pilot mistakenly headed in the wrong direction. Then, in another turn of events, the cockpit's instrument panel short-circuited and he lost all lights in his cockpit. The pilot reported he could see nothing. It was pitch black outside and it was pitch black inside his aircraft. Nearing despair, looking about for anything that he could possibly see, future astronaut Jim Lovell caught sight of a faint blue-green glow in the water beneath him. It was light emitted from phosphorescent algae glowing as they had been stirred up by the engines of the aircraft carrier. Lovell followed the trail of light, the trail of bioluminescent dinoflagellates to safely land his aircraft. In the midst of the darkness, the light saves. Jesus Christ is the light of Christmas. Jesus Christ is the incarnate word of God who brings life to those who believe. What do you say this is all about? In whom do you trust? What do you believe? I've said this to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.